Have you got your headphones on? I have my headphones on. Excellent. And your microphone's on? That's good. It's a good start. <laughs> I've always been interested in power. And so a lot of the stories that I've chosen to do over my career relate in some way or other to the use of power and the abuse of power. And that leads you inevitably to politics. And so I've covered every election since 2006. I was on the campaign bus with Peter Beattie. When was your first election? A bit, a bit before that, but not in the front line. So you've been on the front line. I've been, been behind the scenes. So my first election for the ABC was in 1989, I think. Wayne Goss. Wayne Goss. I interviewed Wayne, Wayne Goss. Goss. Like I, my favourite quote from a premier is from Wayne Goss. What did he say? It was outside a, a campaign launch and we'd asked Peter Beattie who his favourite, who, who he thought the best premier was because this was coming up to the time when he was going to pass mm-hmm. William, getting close to William Forgan Smith as the longest Labour premier in Queensland. And he said, Wayne Goss is the best premier Queensland's ever had. And so I said to Wayne Goss as he was coming into a Labour launch, Peter Beattie says you're the best premier Queensland's had. How do you respond to that? And he goes, well, I guess we have to agree on one thing. <laughs> so that I don't think they ever got on well. <laughs> it was a no. it was a great answer. God rest his soul. Uh, this is this is matters of state. And my name's Steve Austin from ABC Radio Brisbane. My partner in crime, co-host and confidant, is Matty Wordsworth or Matthew Wordsworth. You'd know Matthew as the seven o'clock newsreader on ABC TV. And we just wanted to give you a bit of a flavour as to what we'll be doing between now and the lead-up to the state election night and possibly past October 31st. So how do you see... So this election intrigues me because the reason why we go back, you know, to say to, to the time of Wayne Goss is that many of the names are identical. So let's... Wayne Goss's uh, media secretary at the time was Dennis Atkins, who still writes today on politics, on journalism here in Queensland... His principal private secretary at the time, believe it or not, was one David Barbagello, uh, who was mentioned recently as being a, a now former chief of staff with Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. But all of these names that were there then keep coming back. Never, no one seems to leave. <laughs> well, yeah, and if you look at the history of Brisbane, you kind of look at pre-Expo 88 post-Expo 88. If you look at the history of politics mm. in Queensland, you look at pre-'89, post-'89. <laughs> so it is a very big marker in our political history. This election that we've got coming, it's got to be up there. This is the first time we've got a four-year term up for grabs. You've got a Premier going for a third term. That's very rare. We haven't had that since Beattie. This is quite a, uh, would be quite a milestone for Anastasia Palaszczuk, and it would also be a big moment for Deb Frecklington as well. And you can't pick, I, I would defy anybody to have a confident answer on who's going to win this election. Do you think we'll have a result on election night as to who will form the next government in Queensland? I think it really depends on how quickly we get the count of all of those pre-poll votes. Everyone is voting early these days. It's going to be a late night, I think, no matter what, but maybe we'll get a result. We don't know. We'll see. It could be a real cliffhanger. What separates the LNP and the ALP? You know, the old thing is that a lot of people say quite offhandly, oh, they're all the same. There's nothing, you know, between Team A and Team B. 
There are actually some big things. The deal with Virgin Australia. Labor is going to throw what could be something like $200 million at this airline to keep it in Queensland. The LNP says, if you haven't signed that contract, by the time we go into caretaker, all bets are off. We will not sign it. So there's one, just one thing which... At the same time, Qantas has pitched to all the East Coast states of Australia saying, tell us what you'll give us to move our head office operations to your state. So intent Queensland. The Bradfield <laughs> scheme, there's another big difference between the two parties. The LNP is going to scrap the Environmental Defender's Office. There's another or big stop policy. Def- stop funding it, I think. Was well, yeah. Yes. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that separate the two. And there's a, there is still a cultural difference between Labor and, and the LNP. One of the things that intrigues me is the extraordinary level of debt that Queensland is carrying and how the exact numbers are still not actually being released. So Treasury would know in time of their database, but we haven't had a budget in the lead up to this state election. Do you think John and Mary citizen, you know, in a suburb or a region of Queensland care if they don't know the state of the books precisely in the lead up to the October 31st poll? I think people get a sense of how the economy is going. So they perceive it rather than worry about the minute. Yeah, I don't think people are, are going to sit at home and pour over the balance sheet of Queensland before they make their vote. The LNP is betting the House that people will think they are going to lead Queensland out of the recession better than Labor. That's where they're pitching their whole campaign, managing the economy post-COVID. Two female leaders of the major parties. Well, this is fascinating because people often criticise Queensland for being backwards, not progressive. Well, we've got a female premier, a female opposition leader, a female president of the LNP and a female state secretary of the Labor Party. So who's progressive now? <laughs> it's not a big issue. No one, no one makes a big deal out of it. It just is because they were the people that their teams thought would lead them the best. I've always thought of Queensland as the maverick state. You know, we always produce the most colourful politicians, for good or for ill, but we still produce the most colourful politicians. We're the only state in Australia that scrapped its upper house of a state parliament. Now, some would see that as a very big negative at the moment. Nevertheless, you know, we're, we're an upper house elected representatives voted themselves out of office. We, I think, are still the only state in Australia to have ever elected a communist to the state parliament. So I think Queensland, in my mind, it's not progressive in the traditional sense. It's maverick. It's it's very much a unique state, culturally, socially, politically, and possibly economically, but that remains to be seen. I totally agree. And I don't think people outside of Queensland quite grasp what you've just summed up, that Queensland does do things slightly differently. There are different, very different parts of Queensland who are motivated by very different backgrounds and, and, and issues. I, I think we should wrap it up. But that's just a glimpse because I know we're going to actually look very closely at sort of the landscape with Anthony Green for our first episode, uh, first episode proper of Matters of State. But I just want to know, is it true, I believe you've been swatting up on some of the, the quirks of Queensland political history. Yes. And you've, you've got some little gems to bring down. That you I've can't give a, it away now, but I've, I, yeah, I'm been, told that this is what you're doing. Yes, you're I've studying. Over, I've been over at the Parliamentary Library looking at all the colourful bits of Queensland political history, and there's some absolutely cracking stories. Sieges, 
you know, people being threatened with sticks and batons, a premier who refused to leave the chamber. There's some really colourful parts of Queensland political history and I'm really going to enjoy bringing them to you each episode.